You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David I. Colt, Sean Bach, Hawkeye Insider, 24-7 Sports, uh, Swarmcast. About 24 hours uh, post-Iowa Iowa State, Sean there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable truths, I feel like, that are going to have to be said about it. But let's just start from the top, uh, not really tiptoe around it. Iowa's offense is beyond broken. I rewatched the game twice, and I don't know how, Sean. It looked worse on film than even in real time. It was an absolute unmitigated disaster. Yeah, that's that might be understating it, too, and – I think a lot of the thing, a lot of people are just at this point, obviously wanting answers, but it's more of like a clarity thing. It's like, I get it. Being on the practice field, executing on the practice field is one thing, but you know, how, like, how can you get that to carry over to Saturdays? That is one thing that this Iowa team is not figuring out. I mean, we hear the buzz. We hear Kirk Ferentz talking about it press conference we hear players talking about it good week of practice obviously it's a whole different animal when you get to Saturday inside Kinnick Stadium or wherever you're playing but it's just when when is that going to come to to the light and they have an opportunity next week against Nevada and I think that is more of an important game than a lot of people were hoping or expecting it to be not from a standpoint of I think Iowa's going to win. I know I, I have a very good feeling that Iowa's still going to win, but there's really no signs of positivity with this offense going into conference play. And if that doesn't carry over to Nevada, or that you know that offense, the offense can't figure it out against Nevada or show any signs of life or you know any sort of change. Are like <laughs> I know this Iowa team. Like they've they've found ways to prove people wrong. They found ways to you know win games that not a lot of other people do. But you don't feel very optimistic going into conference play. And I do think that the Big Ten West is going to be an absolute crapshoot this show or this year. And that was an example yesterday with Wisconsin falling to Washington State, um, and then Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern as well. Obviously, Purdue looks pretty good. Um, they lost to Penn State, but killed Indiana State. Minnesota's winning, but <laughs> there's just I. Here's the thing: you don't. Yeah, you go ahead. Here's the thing, Sean. I'm happy we waited because there's a couple of tweets that we need to talk about. It's not just fans anymore, Julian. Vandervelde, second All-Big Ten player for Iowa, second team All-Big Ten player for Iowa, 
very, very respected Hawkeye on a lot of fronts, right? And he tweeted this at 618 yesterday. This offense is a thief of joy. It is devoid of hope and sucks the love of football from my bones. Our defense and special teams deserve better. Our offense did not even deserve the opportunity to win. I want to be positive and supportive, but it is very, very difficult. Sean, let's put in perspective here. The latest stats are out for total offense. Okay. I don't know if you've looked at them today. Total offense. Iowa, out of 131 FBS teams, is 131. They've averaged 158 yards a game. 130th is Colorado State, 232 and a half. That is, it's not even close. And Iowa playing FCS school as one of the two teams. Let's switch it to uh, see if I can find it. If it's like points scored. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up here, Sean, but I, if I remember correctly, here we go. Out of 131 FBS teams, Iowa is 131st at seven. The only other team that is around the area is New Mexico State with 8.3. 130th, 129th, excuse me, is Massachusetts Navy with 10 points apiece. They've scored at least 20 points. I believe Iowa is the only team in the country that has not at least scored 20 total points through football this year. This is a failure on all fronts. I, I There's no way to disguise it. And, you know, Sean, think about just the way the game started yesterday. Iowa blocked that punt. Lucas Van Ness was tremendous yesterday. And even listening to him talk about the way LeVar Woods schemed up the punt blocking unit throughout the week, it's incredible. The only touchdown drive Iowa had, they had the two plays, 16 yards, LaShawn Williams touchdown. And then Iowa, for the second straight week, fumbled at the one-yard line. And another tweet I want your opinion, Sean. I'm giving you lots of response. We'll break it down. Did you happen to see Terry Roberts' tweet last night? No, what was it? Uh, Terry Roberts. And this is – I don't want to sit here and act like I'm, you know, putting words in somebody's mouth or, or whatever. Let me see if I can pull it up. He said, all I had to do was stay on my feet after he intercepted it. And – Here's what I think. I think Terry's blaming himself because he could have done more and he feels that's a missed opportunity. But Sean, again, not to start conspiracy theories, but you got to think. He had, And if you look at the by language on film, he didn't believe the offense would, was going to be able to get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and I feel like the – because you don't want to throw it on Terry because, I mean – that's what I'm saying. That is strictly my conspiracy theory. That's nothing I've heard or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more of a frustration thing and more of like a what, like what is happening? Like, why can't this team do it? Or like, why can't this unit do it? And I think from Terry's perspective, like I would have done the same thing if I was Terry Roberts. Like yeah. I would have been 
absolutely livid being like, okay, I could have gone pick six there and really changed the game. I think he was more, more disappointed about that because I mean, he's a guy that really wears his emotions on his sleeve and, you know, you can't fault him for that. Like that's just how he plays. So I don't, I don't, I don't love that theory. Honestly, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you there, Dave. I, I don't, I see where you're coming from, but I don't buy it as much as that. But I think from a fan perspective, I think that was more, I think, I think a fan perspective. Yes. That's I how fans that's, I think are going to take it. That's what I'm saying, but I'm with you. Like I, I, like I said at the beginning, I think from Terry's perspective, that's the way he's thinking about it. But when you put that out on the internet, fans are not going to react like that. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true, but there's a lot of, yeah. Like the first, and I, I want your reaction to from Ference's press conference. I mean, I, I paid attention to it obviously a little bit. I was, doing some stuff up in the press box, but what were your reactions from that? I think it was blinding loyalty. I think Ferentz is stubborn right now. I think he's afraid to admit he made a mistake. And I think that's the biggest thing because <clears throat> Sean, and I, and I understand it to some degree. I do. But when you open your press conference, not open, but you're one of the first questions asked about Spencer, right? And I, I want to get the exact quote right. So give me just a second because I don't want to, I don't want to butcher this. But he was asked, first question, when you look at the quarterback, that's where everybody's gonna point to. You decide to stick with Spencer after last game through this game. Why stick with him at this point? His first sentence to me. Both of these games, he's still not getting enough help to do a fair assessment. He he hasn't been perfect. Nobody has. We have a lot of moving parts right now on offense, and then we're shorthand a little bit at a couple positions. We're going to keep working through it, and we'll talk about tomorrow and see what happens moving forward. Sean, it's not just two games. This is 20 starts. This is three seasons. His third season as a starter. And he's missing point-blank passes, like easy pitch and catch that every other team in the country is going to be able to do. He's aiming passes. His footwork's sloppy. And, you know, talk about overanalyzing press conferences, Sean. Listing to Spencer Petras postgame was the first time I've looked at him, and he just looked defeated. Mm-hmm. He just sounded defeated. I think his confidence is shot. And I'll be honest, Sean, I think Brian Ferentz called a horrible game. I talked to you in the press box during the game. If you have a not mobile quarterback who's struggling to keep his footwork straight and to be able to deliver the ball, why are the only passing plays they're doing rollouts, play action, you know, uh, bootlegs? You're not serving to Spencer's strength. Like as much criticism as there is on Spencer, there are strengths to his game. And Brian didn't help him. I thought the O-line was better at times. And I don't care if there's one scholarship receiver playing, Sean. Spencer's overthrowing those five-yard out routes. They're not close to the target. These are five feet above every single time. You have to pull him. Yeah, Arlen Bruce, I feel like every throw that's been thrown to him this year has been overthrown. And there were a couple that weren't. But he was targeted – when your receiver is targeted seven times and only comes down with one catch, I think one of them was a drop. But I think there are at least three or four, maybe even five, that were just overthrows. And I think the one that Alec Wick missed in the fourth quarter, I think that should have been caught. 
I do too. But at the end of the day, too, I mean, yes, a lot of it rides on Spencer. I do think that Iowa should really look into potentially putting in Alex Padilla just to be like, okay, we're going to try it and see what we can get from it. Because, I mean, I know it was a little different last year with Petrus's injury, but they found – like there was something about that offense that seemed to click a little bit more. And I get it that it didn't show against Nebraska when Padilla was out there. But I think it says something about the mobility standpoint that – and Padilla's ability to extend plays a little bit better than Petrus. And I get it. Like Padilla's stat line wasn't overly great. But there just seemed to be a little more optimism and a little oomph. more, yeah, oomph and not dread when the offense went on the field. And I, I mean, there are different, there's so many different parts to it with this team and with this offense. I, I, you mentioned the offensive line. I think that's, that's clear that there needs to be improvement across the board there. I think the offensive line still looks a little, a little slow. Um, Run game, I think that needs to improve. I think you need to get those scholarship receivers back. I thought the tight ends played a pretty solid game yesterday. But Iowa is – these teams are able to scheme and game plan so well against Iowa because Iowa is so limited with what they want to do offensively that you kind of just know what's going to happen. And, I mean, I – it started, too, on the first couple of drives – where I think the Iowa offensive line got a really good push. I think that was huge. They had a couple plays where they connected well. But, man, it's just like you kind of just come to expect three and out every time the Iowa offense is on the field. Yep. It's it's incredible. And yep, we hear how good it is in practice, and I understand the frustration, but it's like what is it that's – like I – I, even inside the program, I feel like there are questions of like, what what are we doing wrong? Like, what could possibly we be doing wrong? Like, I don't I don't know, man. Here, like, here, there's here's the thing, Sean. I, I wrote. I mean, I got most of my thoughts out in my column, but I want to rehash it and just have a discussion about it here. I said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Number one, there were no new wrinkles to Iowa's game. From South Dakota State to Iowa State, absolutely zero. That's frustrating, number one, for I think, for a lot of people. Uh, Arlen versus target 11 times, by the way, caught one, one ball. One was the drop, which was, I think, that fourth down play. And Arlen will probably be the first to tell you that. Um, and, you know, this is interesting, too. I was talking to some people, apparently on the TV, Sean, when Arlen went over there after that drop. And for all the questions around Keegan Johnson – Keegan Johnson was putting his arm around Arlen, trying to keep his head up after that drop. Mm-hmm. So Keegan was engaged. The smallest plays and the simplest tasks are pro- uh, the, the simple plays and simple things they have to do are proven to be insurmountable tasks. How big does a five yard gain for Iowa at any point feel like? It's the same thing as another team going 20. Five-yard passes are as difficult as 50-yard passes for other schools. And I don't think I'm being overdramatic about it, Sean. I mean, it is an all-out, unmitigated disaster. The only plus side to yesterday for Iowa was they got the ball the Sam Laporta eight times for 55 yards compared to South Coast State. But Iowa ran the ball horribly. They After the first drive, they averaged, I think, 2.4 yards per play for the rest of the game. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And they're the easiest, to put it bluntly, Sean, they're the easiest team in the country to scout an offense. By far, easiest thing you got to do. You know what you do? You put nine in the box and you make Spencer beat you. They're going to take that one-on-one coverage all day if they're going to overthrow simple outs and, and you're not going to take a shot down the field. They're going to stack the box. Iowa's going to run one yard, maybe two, and that's it every single time. The play actions won't work. None of it will work. The only way this Iowa offense gets fixed is two things. One, receivers need to get healthy. Nico Regani and Keegan Johnson are going to be a big thing, okay, in my opinion. Two, and this is where I want to get to, and I disagree with how fans are treating Spencer Petrus from a, on, a, on a human level. I think you're in the same boat as I am, Sean. I mean, it's just bad. But there is no way, no way you can try out Spencer Petrus, start the game against Nevada. You, you just, you can't. The, dead last in every offensive statistical category. has I think Iowa's had, what, one t- play of 20 yards or more this season? The one Sounds about remember, right. There's no explosiveness. And there's no running game. There's no even shots down the field. And there's no mobility. What people want to see is they want to see Iowa's willing to try anything and everything to get the offense jolted. And if you trot Spencer Petrus out there, I expect a whole lot of booze, Sean. And it's going to be really, really sad for Spencer. And it's on as, it's just as much on the coaching staff, if not more at this point, that they haven't pulled Spencer, even for a couple series. You, 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 have, to put, you have to put Alex Padilla out there. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Like I said before, I think there needs to be some sort of sign of life where – Things can people can look at and be optimistic about it. There has to be something on offense. Like I wrote my three my reasons to be encouraged, reason to be discouraged. The only things that have been encouraged, like the only things I've written about in that category, has been special teams or defense. Like there is nothing else to write about when it comes to offense. Like yeah, you can point at I think Sam Laporte and Luke Lachey had a couple of nice catches yesterday, but other than that, like. You know, there's really nothing. 
there it's it's brutal it is brutal to watch and I can't imagine what it's like as a fan to go through some of this stuff because it's frustrating because I think that drive the Iowa State's 99-yard drive to go up in the game was a real, real, I think, not because, I mean, people are well aware of how this Iowa offense, but I think it was just a, a metaphor for what this season has been this year. Yep. You know, the offense makes a mistake. Defense, you know, can get a safety. But it's like, what does the, what happens when the defense can't get like points like getting points are rare as a deal like it's not it's not rare but it's not common and it's not something that you know it's something that Iowa does as well better than anyone in the country but there are going to be times where you're facing you know Hunter Decker's type quarterback so I think Hunter Decker's gonna be a really good player name I was impressed yeah I was too and but that drive it's like everything Iowa say did just perfectly found ways to pick apart the Iowa defense. And, you know, I think with, you know, you look at that and you're like, okay, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it was it's, just, you're, it's almost out of words. I mean, Sean, can you imagine paying money to go watch that team right now? Yeah, that's a lot. And I get it. Like, you know, I think there's two games in the season. You can be, you know, open about that. But, you know, there just has to be something. Has to be something that can show signs of life. Because there is zero. There's nothing. There's nothing. Defense has been great, special teams. But, and I mean, it's awesome. Iowa fans are more are appreciative as anyone. Like, when it comes to defense and special teams. But, People pay money to see points go on the board, and recruits go to Iowa or at least see Iowa's offense as like potential to you know join a program or join a system where they can help be part of that improvement. But if there's no signs of improvement, then some of these guys that you're landing, not saying you know anyone in particular in this class, but you know in the future, heck, maybe even this class are kind of like okay, like you know we might look somewhere else because. There's really no signs of improvement with that. And it has nothing to do with the Iowa State loss. And that's why I keep trying to tell people it's all about the schemes and just showing something. And Iowa has shown nothing. And, Sean, it is – I've followed Iowa football. I've covered Iowa football five years. I've followed Big Ten football my entire life. Iowa is the most – this year's Iowa team is the most painful football team. I've watched. I have. Yeah. You, you have to you admire Tory Taylor and what he can do. You admire Iowa's defense, which is fantastic. Giving up seven to 10 points a game should win you almost every single game. And on top of that, which we haven't even mentioned, Sean, Iowa State did everything to piss away that game. Absolutely everything. Op- three turnovers, opportunity after opportunity, like we mentioned earlier, Terry Roberts. The thing that I now I don't know if he would have gotten a pick six. I'm still, but he would have gotten way deep down there and basically told the offense, just give me anything, something, right? 
and Iowa couldn't pull through, even to the very end, right when Iowa State thought they got the game-saving stop on that fourth down or whatever. What was it? It was like an unsportsmanlike conduct after an offsides, the penalty stacked up. Iowa got another one play, and then it was just a really bad condition to kick a potentially game-tying field goal. But, Sean, even if Iowa goes to overtime, Iowa couldn't score from the 16. Yeah, I was saying – I was talking to uh, to a couple guys up in the booth when most – or. Yeah, when most of the guys went down, and I was like, if I'm Iowa, like, I understand, like, what could happen here if you make a field goal, like, you go to overtime. But if you're Iowa, like, I think you try and go for a win because I know, like, nothing has worked. But with the way things were going, I, I don't think you're winning that game. What, what confidence should would there have been in the offense to go out there and get it done? Yeah, yeah. I I do think it's interesting. Um you know, I, I think there's room for this team to fix, but I don't know. Like, there is – I it's, think – It's yeah. interesting. I think there's two things, Sean, right now that are the problem. Quarterback play and scheme. Honestly, I think Iowa's got talent, and I think it's been very tough to showcase that talent. I do think that, again – the, in the depth of receiver is a real thing. I mean, you're having one scholarship wide receiver play. That's going to be difficult on any program at any level in the country, right? But for God's sake, you got to be able to find some way to move the football. I mean, it's – I know it seems like we're harping on this because, again, Iowa's defense played fantastic. I mean, Cooper DeGene really showcased what he's going to do for the next couple of years, Sean. 11 tackles, two pass breakups, a pick. And probably one of the worst penalties I've seen so far this college football season with Hunter Deckers. But, and you know, people are going to complain about that. And this is why I would tell people they're going to complain about that, Sean. They're going to complain about Monty Potabom should have broke the plane. He's in the end zone. Shouldn't have mattered. With all the opportunities Iowa had, it doesn't matter. The referees were the farthest reason why Iowa did not win that football game. And I think you and I talked about this last night, Sean, when we were you know, writing up some stuff. Iowa is so weird in a lot of ways. If Iowa had won yesterday, fans still believe they're 0-2. It still feels like they were an 0-2 football team. Because even if they found a way to win that football game, yeah, their record's like that. But after that offensive performance and after what you did against South Dakota State, you're feeling like Iowa's 0-2. And I still think today, Iowa feels like they're 0-2. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. I think 0-2 and showing any sort of positive, you know, reason to believe that this team can repeat as Big Ten West champions. Heck, like, if they make a bowl game right now, like, based on how this team is playing, and this might be a little bit of an overreaction, but, you know, I think, I mean, it's crazy how many people I've seen say, like, seven or five and six is six is, is reality. And granted, I know injuries – but, man, like, there's just got to be something. Because I think the personnel with this team – I'm going to come on and say, I think the personnel with this team, you know, defensively, one of the better defenses that we've seen in the Kirk Ferentz era. Yep. Offensively, the top, it's a younger offensive line, but there's talent. You have one of the better tight ends they've had in history. Um, wide receivers, obviously, there, there are some holes there. But, you know, I think the personnel and just, like, the simplicity that – could be with this offense 
and how this team could work. Like, it's just – I mean, it's early, but, man, like, there are just so many pieces for this team to be a really good Big Ten West team. But, like, it's crazy, like, how, you know, one part of your team can hold the team back so far. Like, you know, you talk about the importance of special teams. Like, that's obviously really important. And we saw that with Nebraska last year, how that facet of the game is is vital in winning. Defense, you know, that kind of tells the whole story. Defense wins championships, you know, about offense, too. But, man, like, if this offense was just, like, competent in some way when it came to moving the football and finding some sort of consistency and being able to put together drives, then – If like, Iowa was a below-average offense, they win the Big Ten West. Yeah. Below average, like top 80, they win the Big Ten West, in my opinion. That's how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And again, it sounds like we're piling on, and I know Iowa fans want to hear this. I mean, it it's Kirk Ferentz being stubborn right now, and it's just the scheme in general. And again, I I think I said this earlier, but it's worth repeating. Spencer Petrus is a fantastic ambassador for the program. I think he's gonna be a really good football coach one day. He wants to be a football coach, Sean. But when you have a coach saying, I didn't have my best stuff, or he didn't have his best stuff, or we can't evaluate him. If you can't evaluate him after 20 starts, you're blind. Whatever has happened, that's what it is. That's the product on the field. And something else we need to talk about. And I was very surprised when this was mentioned. And I get it. Sam Laporte is sticking up for his his friend and his quarterback. But to say, basically say, I know the fans and reporters and kind of looked at all of us and said, you guys all shit on Spencer. I'm not going to do that. I see the work he does in practice and the work he does in the film room. Sean, nobody cares what he does in the film room and nobody cares what he does in practice. People are spending time. People are spending money. People are spending resources to go support the team. They're not even asking for an undefeated record. They're looking for any sort of competent play at quarterback and a competent offense, and they haven't gotten it. And we're in week two. We're in week two, and this is already being said. And I think the other thing, and again, this isn't Sam's fault necessarily because he's not thinking like this. The emotions are high after a game. But I don't have the stat in front of me. But, Sean, this is the first time in, what, over almost a decade that Iowa football sold out all of its home games? And they did a month before the season started. And you're already getting on the fans about trashing an offense that is by far dead last in the country. Again, I get repping your guy. I just don't think that was a good look, and it was not the time to do that. It just it, – it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I look I, – I get it from Laporta's standpoint. I really do from a player standpoint. I think that was probably the way that he should have gone about it. And I get where you're coming from too. But it's like, man, like, it's just a hard – because you can't say – you can't say, you know, my – it's been awful. Like, you can't say that. Like, no one's going to say that. Yep. And, yeah, I – there's just so many, like, questions that should have been answered by the time with these first two games. But 
you know, this, they put themselves in this situation and, you know, it's up to them to get out of it. If, if Iowa can put things together, this will probably be one of the better head coaching jobs that Kirk Ferentz has done. But, you know, if things stay this way, like it's going to be a long year in Iowa city and I get it, you know, overreactions like Iowa state's a good football team. Maybe we should have talked a little more, you know, higher about them, but you know, with the way that this team has looked in back-to-back weeks, this is why we're having that conversation. And I think against Nevada, if the offense shows up and <clears throat> puts up points, then this narrative could slowly go the other way and just say, hey, maybe it was a fluke the first two games. But, you know, if they if they don't, then, you know, you're holding on to your butts in Big Ten play because it won't be pretty. And there is a lot at stake at this Nevada game in terms of improvement that can be seen to the public. And it's it, Kirk, Kirk's it in no win situation. They're in no win situation yes. because one, they go out there and suck for a third game in a row. And this is a team that just gave up 56 points to incarnate word. Yeah. Two, you start Padilla, sparks the offense, lights everything up, right? Okay, well, the wine you start Padilla the first two games. Petrus goes out there, has four touchdowns. Iowa wins by 35. Okay, where was that the first two weeks? There's a no-win situation, but there is a worse loss. And the worst loss is you start Spencer Petrus, and the offense goes for 150 yards against Nevada. You have to start Alex Padilla. After this, just blunt statement, Sean. The offense sucks. Everything about it sucks. It's not a talent issue. The two issues it is is offensive scheme and quarterback play. And fans are just craving for anything different, at least try something different to spark the offense. Alex Padilla has to be the one leading the tunnel and leading the offense out in the field at the first drive against Nevada. I'll say this this will be mine. You saying that, I'll say if Iowa doesn't have three offensive touchdowns in the first half and they're up by if they're not up by three touchdowns or at least two touchdowns they have to have at least three offensive touchdowns but i think Padilla, they should throw Padilla in there if there's if there if petrus's stat line is how it's looked the last couple weeks then i think you have to throw Padilla out there in the second half there's no way around it and I yep. know people don't – it's just harsh truth. I mean, a couple minutes left here, Sean, before we wrap this up. I know people – you know, people don't want to hear about the defense. People don't want to hear about special teams, and I get that. And it's it's almost impossible to talk about the other facets of the game, Sean, simply because of what the offense has been doing. Through two games, uh, Peters 23-51, 201 yards, two interceptions. Offense line hasn't done much, but there's no new wrinkles, and it's beyond broken. And – you know, we'll see what happens when it's better. And the other part I didn't like that Ferentz did, and I believe he means this, Sean, but it's just not the right timing for it. a quote he said when directly asked about what he would tell the fans about just playing Padilla or someone else and why he stayed with Spencer throughout the whole game, which, again, I think was a mistake. Ferentz said, the best way I can phrase is we have a lot more exposure to what's going on with our players on a daily basis. You get them on Saturdays. Obviously, you get to interview them, talk to them and all that but we see them on a daily basis. And this goes back to spring and last fall. It's a new year. Spencer Petrus has regressed. 
you have a fair assessment. You have five years of him in the program. You have three years with him as a starter. There is no excuse not to throw Alex Padilla in the fold because guess what? It cannot get worse. And I think that's what people are screaming at the top of their head. If they go out and Padilla does the same thing as Petrus, you know what? At least they're happy that they threw in Padilla and tried something new. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it uh, This week will be interesting. It'll be an interesting week. We'll we'll keep you updated. I'm very I'm very interested to hear what what kind of comes out of practice and what kind of you know what things are looking like offensively because there was some thought from some that maybe Padilla could get a look last week, but you know I think after this game, I think that kind of seals the deal of what Iowa should look for, what they should try and you know really get. It's, it's indefensible if Padilla does not see any time against Nevada. Any. Like, he needs time. I don't care if Petrus goes out there and leads four touchdown drives start the first half. You have to throw in Padilla. That's my opinion. You can't let Pete Spencer think that the first two performances are okay. And he knows that. Like, he's not a stupid individual. And, again, just right. listening to postgame, he knows it. So, people probably didn't want to, you know, if you made it through this far in the podcast, salute to you. I know it's doom and gloom right now, but it had to be talked about and has to be addressed. Iowa football has gone insane for all the wrong reasons. Be sure to check out all of our post-game coverage at HawkeyeInsider.com 24-7 Sports. Be sure to follow Sean and I on Twitter at David Eichel, at SBOC247, and at Hawkeyes on 24-7. Like Sean said, it's going to be an interesting week, and I would argue one the it's probably the most critical week of the season because, Sean, if – if they don't bench Petrus this game, they're not benching him the rest of the season, in my opinion. This is the game because I remember when we talked to the first podcast previewing the season and we talked about potential quarterback switch, it was going to have to come after two weeks if Iowa's offense was bad. That's what I said. You have to start pity against Nevada because you don't want to start him off against a Big Ten team on the road at Rutgers, even with Padilla's starting experience. Yeah. And I know it happened last year, too, but it was in, like, the end of the Wisconsin game. But, yeah, no, you're right, for sure. So, we'll see what happens. I know one of the Swarmcasts later this week, we're going to be doing everything we can. We'll see how the depth chart is on Monday. Until then, talk to you soon.